And welcome back to the Film School for Marketers podcast. This is episode number 29. And we have a special episode for you today. As always, I am one of your hosts, Zach Basner. I'm joined always by my brilliant co-host, Mariah Anderson. The reason this episode is so special today is because as we've begun this, this podcast journey, Mariah and I, we've had some laughs, we've had <laughs> some tears, but we decided not long ago that we wanted to add to our roster. And we had somebody in particular in mind. He is our lead video consultant. He's worked, working with dozens of companies right now and their videographers on how to have a winning video strategy in sales and marketing. He's a brilliant guy, and we're so glad to welcome him on as the third co-host of the Film School for Marketers podcast, Mr. William Schultz. Woo! Woo! <laughs> First off, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, I, I've been an Impactive for only eight or nine months now, and it's pretty clear that you, me, and Mariah, Zach are three very, very brilliant people in the world of video. And I think we all have our own sort of niche in that world as well. So it's, it's going to kind of be fun to be bouncing a lot of different ideas off and sort of pass the ball off to each other on leading um, these great informational podcasts. I've been a super fan since the beginning, you two. That's very kind. That's very kind. And yeah, to your point, three of us have very different vantage points when it comes to helping organizations with video. And so that's ultimately going to make this podcast more valuable for you, our loyal watchers and listeners. Getting into our episode today, one very common uh, thing that all of us are going to deal with at some point in time, if we're taking video seriously, is how we set up and optimize a YouTube channel. Sometimes it sounds a little cliche. You talk about video marketing, okay, you got to talk about YouTube. But honestly, it is the foremost video search engine and it's an important part of what we work on with our clients. And so that's why we talk about it a lot. In fact, Will has become quite the YouTube expert himself. And uh, so today, I think really what we want to dive into is really what separates a business YouTube channel from maybe other channels that you've seen out there and how you should think about your channel. So Will, set us up for success here in this episode. What are some of the major things that you want to talk about? Yeah, so this is this really is one of my favorite things to work with my my clients on with is is getting them to understand how the mindset of YouTube should be changing for a business compared to what everyone else's experience has been with YouTube as consumers. Because I think we can all think of the three or four like heuristic great YouTube stars that we've all probably been watching ourselves. And there's just a very different objective of what we're trying to do with businesses by being the best answer to questions online through video than what those guys are doing, right? And so what I want to lead off this conversation with first is um, that difference in mindset and how we should really be thinking about approaching YouTube initially as a business. And, and then I want to talk about the different metrics that we should really keep our eye on more than any others to make sure that we're doing YouTube successfully and a few strategies that businesses that are considering to starting a YouTube channel could do just at the beginning of their venture to make sure that they're actually making content that's going to be effective for their, for their business and for their clients. Take us to the promised land. <laughs> <laughs> so three, three high level line items then. Um, I love introducing people to YouTube because uh, they, they always think about it initially as like, how do we make this perfect community? I think a lot of people now have seen like the river pools or the, the metal roofing channel and they want to 
get to that finish line before like putting in the baby steps up front. Ultimately, like simply put, if you're right way, all you're really trying to to get and create is being the best answer to really specific questions that your prospects are asking before they know who your business is, right? So really we're not building a community at first as much as we're just trying to hunt for Google snippets that we can own. I always call my videographers snippet collectors when they're making like YouTube content because essentially that's what we want to nail first before we go and make these high level catch all be all like let's make a community around like a law firm or like a a software consulting company or a demolition company. All of those things don't necessarily need to get to that end goal right at the beginning of this. There's ways to bite this off in like a, a much easier to digest way, I think. Is there anything you've seen that has surprised you um, even knowing that anybody can do this? Has there been anything like a certain type of video or a certain project or certain interest that you've seen that you were like, wow, it's definitely not true that, uh, that only people who have interesting businesses can do this well. Oh, definitely. And I, I'm going to bring it back to the law firm actually, because they're just the scrappy one attorney law firm out of Santa Monica, California, shout out to Santa Monica, but they, they really have like the trusted voice in their space is, is more specific than the average bear that starts to implement. They ask you answer, right? They can only educate people on California law and he's only um, in the trust and probate litigation, uh, I guess, like part of, of law. So that's, that's still becoming a trusted voice in an industry, but that industry is so much more niche. And he has a hard time coming up with like, what am I going to go make to, to, to answer my customers' questions the right way at the beginning? And so like the exercise that we did at the beginning of their YouTube channel was like, let's write down, if we just had a magic wand, the 10 snippets that we would want to own that people put into Google, probably not YouTube. I don't know how many people are searching up uh, law firm information on YouTube initially anyway, and, and be the hyper clear answer to that question before we go figure out like how to make that community, like I said. So the, the best thing and the most hardest like make or break of doing your YouTube channel the right way is really knowing what your prospects are looking up before they start to look up businesses that provide the solutions to those services. And a lot of businesses don't know those questions as well as they, they think they do. So how do you talk a little bit about how you find those then? Like what tools do you use to identify what those specific questions are? Yeah, surprising how much you can get off of um, Google Analytics, just seeing the, the key terms that people are, are hunting for on your website and the reasons that people get their foot in the door there. But honestly, a lot of these, these questions can be uncovered by your sales team um, for the people that slip through the cracks and don't have those questions answered out of the gates. Like a uh, a software asset management consulting company that I work with based in Toronto, they have a really hard time because nobody needs their services until they absolutely need them. And the question that they want to hunt for online, that that's the introductory question for them is any prospect that puts this into Google, we need to answer it and start to build trust with them is why am I being audited by Microsoft? Because nobody has that situation happen until they get like some freaky looking email kind of deal. That's how they realize like, we don't want to build this community of like DIY software asset management people before we become that Google snippet for questions like that by answering that in the most unbiased, short and sweet way on the perfect platform for it, which is YouTube. So we need to look at our YouTube channel as less of this entertainment channel, the way that everyone else sees things and see the channel as more of a content hub mm -hmm. for uh, the content that we're trying to rank on Google. And of course, there's other benefits as well when people are searching for stuff on YouTube. But really, for, for many of these businesses, it's just a hub where these videos will live so that people can find it. Once we've 
develop these 10 types of videos, Will. So let's just say we've made the videos. What then? The first thing that we do is we build out those videos. I encourage the, the clients that I'm working with to think at a much more video specific level to start. People always want to know like how many subscribers should I have by six months in or how many total watches or total views should I have on my, my content if I'm doing this the right way. And really that's not, we're not looking for channel level metrics right away. We, our videos, if they really are good versions of really specific information can thrive in a channel that has like 10 subscribers and it's their first few videos. If that's the first answer or the, the best answer to that question online, YouTube's going to pat that video on the back. And so the first thing that I do is I help businesses to, to get the right metrics to actually start to make sure that they're doing their video content the right way. There's a lot of on-page SEO metrics that you get to affect with YouTube, right? Like you can update your title, your tags, and do everything you can to be really clear with YouTube who to show this video to when. But the off-page SEO metrics are what people or what YouTube algorithm cares about so much more and what they refer to and, and weight in the algorithm much more. And so this is an oversimplified version of how I have people think about it out of the gates. But between click-through rate, audience retention, and then session watch time, if you can keep the balance of those three um, metrics in line, and, and they do kind of pull away from each other, so there is a balance to, to walk with them. If you can make every production decision and every publishing decision based on optimizing that video specifically to have a high click-through rate, a high audience retention, and a high session watch time, then you're doing everything at the video-specific level to make sure that, that that video is being optimized where it should be. And when I say you want to have a high click-through rate, a lot of times people are like tag stuffing, trying to show their video to, to everybody. Um, and, and have it be searched as easily as possible. But that's not necessarily what we're doing with our content, right? We're making really specific videos that answer really specific questions while people are in a pointed like, state of active education for themselves. So we don't want people to like, stumble on our videos necessarily because those are people that aren't going to necessarily watch them through and through. What we want is to have a low overall impression rate, which means that our videos are only being seen by people that are specifically looking for our answer and then people that will almost definitely click on that content and we'll almost definitely watch it all the way through. And so that's how I try to pull my audience back from just thinking about it up from this, from this like channel wide level and just first cut your teeth, building those first 10 to 15 videos and do what I call like a, an SEO audit of that video on a week over week basis of optimizing your tags and A-B testing your titles and thumbnails to make sure that you're getting the most out of the existing content that you have. And then you'll start to see how the shape of your channel really really builds out if you build it from the bottom up rather than like this top-down approach of saying like, we're the law firm for California and these are the four pieces of content that you're going to see from us on a weekly basis. That's really hard for businesses to know how to do um, well and make effective content by staying in those parameters, especially service-based businesses who have a hard time seeing this community for people that just need their, need their services, right? I want to go back to the SEO audit piece really quickly um, and ask you in terms of when you take clients through that process, what are some of the things that you see produce the quickest wins or that you typically recommend right off the bat to see a difference? I, I do a lot of handholding with this in the first five to like 10 videos that we're publishing on YouTube. But as long as you're having enough traction in this video, you should be able to do what we call like a week over week audit of how your videos are performing for the first month that they're published on YouTube. And there is a huge, huge benefit that you can have from just putting those two hours aside on like a Monday morning, just block off your calendar to look back at the last 30 days of videos that you've published to on week one, the first thing I do is I go look at what tags I have that are performing. Using TubeBuddy or VidIQ, you can see how your tags are ranking. And hopefully 
it's very clear to you which ones are bringing you like the meat and potatoes, the right audience for your content. And I side by side how my tags are ranking next to my audience retention. You're going to see in every single one of your YouTube videos, there's some drop off rate within, within like the first 15 seconds of that video. And that is the people that got there and are like deciding, is this the content that I thought it was going to be or is it not? And what I see, the drop off rate of audience retention is, is the people that never meant to have the opportunity to click on that video in the first place, right? So assuming that we have the perfect answer to the question, because we can always point back at the video being the problem or the content not being good enough. But with the assumption that our video is perfect when we're optimizing for these tags, I look at my tags on a week over week basis and say, which tags do I feel like are bringing the audience that's sticking all the way through to the end of this video? And which tags are bringing the audience that, that dropped off in the first 15 seconds? And what we do is we cut the fat. So typically it's like removing 25% of your tags. And you'll notice if you don't even add any other tags, your other tags will start to rank more easily because you're, you're being more clear with YouTube who to show this video to when. And so just by cutting the fat out, YouTube will give you more benefit of the doubt for the very specific stuff that you're trying to answer for. And typically at that time too, I, I do different iterations of the same um, versions of the tags that are ranking well. We know how searchers search for stuff so differently from each other. And really all you're trying to do is get into the heads of the people that would be searching for this information and watch not just the video, but like watch it all the way through. That's what we're really trying to go for with, with YouTube content. And that's how we build trust enough with YouTube content to make Google say, you know what? People watch 90% of this video 100% of the time. One thing I love that YouTube Studio did, and they redesigned all the analytics, they added a funnel on the dashboard. That makes this really easy to understand. And so at the top of the funnel, you've got your impressions. So these are all the people that are seeing the thumbnail, the title. And then the, the middle of the funnel is the views. And then the bottom of the funnel is the retention rate. So as the old adage goes, garbage in, garbage out. If you're dumping a lot of impressions that aren't going to turn into qualified views, that aren't going to turn into long uh, viewing sessions, then it's going to ultimately hurt content performance in general. Just for anybody who might be hearing this and going, well, I don't understand what the tax and stuff means. It's really just making sure that we're eliminating most of the garbage from going in the top. So we don't want to show that video to people who aren't qualified viewers. That really is the first two or three weeks of what I do to up optimize my videos. And then the next thing that I do is I start to look at how my titles are, are performing. Is there a different way to do um, my YouTube title so that they're more catered to the audience that, that has the opportunity to see it? Zach, I'm sure you remember working with Andrew from DPS Telecom, but we just did a big A-B test campaign with a lot of their uh, YouTube videos because they are a remote monitoring company. They make really boring, dry, mundane videos, right? And there's no way around that. They're talking about how to set up remote monitoring systems. And they did this after they've gotten their tags to the point of like, wow, we really are ranking top five for any different way someone is going to answer this question. But let's go look at what videos am I competing with when somebody searches for that keyword? And we did this title optimization where we took like their they have like telecom tower benefits is one of their original titles. And they just added telecom tower benefits dash, which solution is right for you in all caps with a question mark. Their click through rate stayed about the same. So the same people clicked on the video, but the people that got to that video watched on average twice as much of it. They had an audience retention that went from three minutes to six minutes just wow. because they felt like the content was catered more to, to them. And they were going to get the solution that they were looking for. And even if that's just peace of mind, like it's obviously still helping them feel like they're making much better positioned 
content. So that's interesting. So how, how do you do uh, A-B testing with YouTube videos? You can do your own little rinky-dink A-B tests. If on a week-over-week basis, you're getting enough viewership to where the new stats are like significant enough, YouTube videos won't be harmed if week over week you're trying to be clearer with YouTube uh, who this video is for by changing your titles up or changing the tags in your videos. Your videos are never really going to be harmed by updating itself. Otherwise, if you want to take the $99 it takes to be able to A-B test with a tool called TubeBuddy, which hopefully this audience is relatively familiar with by now, it's a free Chrome extension that has a pro tool um, upgrade. And if you have the free account for like a month, you'll start to get marketing emails sent to you having like a one-time $99 uh, lifetime membership to the Pro Tool, which would allow you for life to A-B test your titles and your thumbnails and your tags within your videos. This has been a great episode, by the way, Will. So uh, we super deep on YouTube, which is amazing. I think the biggest thing too, at least from what I'm hearing, is we have to treat the YouTube channel and it's content the same way we treat the website. You don't build a website to become this big uh, publisher where people are regularly coming on a weekly basis to learn more information. At least that's not what most of us are going to be doing if we have a small to medium-sized business. It's the same thing for the YouTube channel. You're not building this thing to be some big entertainment blog. Essentially, we need to create the, the proper types of content, first of all, and obsess over the types of content we're creating first. Mm-hmm. and then optimize that content to be sure we're always finding the right viewer because we're always trying to send Google and YouTube more relevant information about who our viewer is so that they know who to show that stuff to. I think oftentimes we think that YouTube or Google is against us and they don't want to show our content to people, but it's actually not the case at all. They're not in competition with us. They want to help, but we have to help the algorithms figure out who to show it to. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a really good takeaway. So two buddy, uh, that's, I didn't know that you could get a, they just send you emails that you can get a hundred dollar subscription for life. Yeah. At least they send them to me. I might just be the, just the, will. Will the power user. <laughs> okay. So, uh, next week, Will's going to come with a coupon code for everybody. Right. <laughs> so a couple metrics to fall back on, which is the same things that I tell my clients are when you do start out on YouTube, uh, do your best to answer just hyper specific questions that you know, your prospects would be asking. I push my clients when they're doing more maybe top of the funnel videos, something that's a little more generalized, like what is um, your service? Try and have at least a 10% click-through rate with their videos and at least a 50 or 60% audience retention. So have the average viewer watch at least half of your video. Um, And then when we get down to the closer, like bottom of the funnel stuff, when we have really pointed questions, we can guarantee that anyone that's watching this content is definitely going to make some type of a purchase. We push to at least have 20 to 25% click-through rates because that video shouldn't be seen by anyone that's not definitely looking for the information. And also the lower the funnel and the more specific the info we get, the less competition we're going to have for YouTube to have other people that are answering this type of information. And we shoot for audience retention with like 75%. The last step is to look back at your video itself and say, how could we have made this video better? Could we have gotten to the the bulk of the information faster? Like does the drag on at the beginning, um, does the end of our video wrap up so clearly with 75% of the video still or just getting completed and people are jumping off the video because they think that uh, the, the information's been passed and so there's no real value in them hearing the recap and then they're never going to hear your CTA in the, in the first place. Um, all of these things is how we ask ourselves like, how do we get better at production after we've made the most out of publishing? So with your own teams, you should start to build up what these questions are for your prospects. Uh, a lot of times salespeople know it better than marketing people too. So you have any questions, 
feel free to drop them in the comments in YouTube. We will always jump in and answer you and keep an eye on the Film School for Marketers YouTube channel because we have got some awesome content rolling out in the next few weeks, next few months. And we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye.